Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. If we can get the house lights up uh, across the room, I want to be able to see faces today. Uh, it's important because whenever you hear that story, what I want you to hear is I want you to hear what Savannah opened with is I was at the bottom. And for some of us, many of us at the bottom is like, uh, it's like our superhero, Deadpool, rock, meet bottom. I don't know if you identify with that, with that line of the, of, of the movie, but sometimes you just hit the bottom and you're looking up and you can't figure out where up is or where to go from here. And I love it that you hear the God story in all of that. And I love it that you can hear in them as they journey through that, that I love my church that this is my church, that this is who I am. This is what I'm a part of. And that whole loving the church thing is not just loving, it's not loving an institution. It's loving a family, a family that you're connected to, that you belong to. And it's exactly what Christ does because it says in Ephesians that Christ loved his church. So I can look at Courtney and Savannah and say, hey, you are living out the very heart of Christ when you love your church. That's the way God does. And whenever you also look at the church and you also see it and you understand that the glory to him in the church is, uh, is, is, is in his church and that Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever is that the glory of God, that, that density, that reality, that experience with God, how do you know that? It is through the body of Christ, through the church coming together and being the church in the community. And as you, as you look through the church today. There's a lot of bumps and bruises. There's a lot of scars. There's a lot of imperfections. And we've talked about that. This is what Francis Chan said in his great book, Letters to the Church. He says, the church has real issues, but Jesus still refers to the church as his body, his bride. He must, we must love his bride, not gripe, about her or leave her. Many want to change the church, but it's often motivated by personal preferences rather than biblical convictions. Let me, let me do that last statement to you again, but it's often motivated by personal preferences rather than biblical convictions. So whenever you look at the church in all of our imperfections and all of our brokenness and our wounds, I want you to still see the beauty of the bride of Christ in all of our imperfections. I love it that Courtney has that experience that, hey, everyone took time to answer my questions. We don't may have all the answers to all the questions, but we do have answers to some questions. And some of the biggest life questions. I hope that we will have answers for you and with you. And we're not going to point to ourselves. We're going to point to the scriptures. Ephesians 3.10 says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom. God uses this body, what? To display, to reveal, to make known the wisdom of God. God wants, we're, we're not pointing to ourselves. We're not pointing to me. We're not point, we're pointing to Jesus. We're pointing to his bride. We're pointing to, 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 to his word. And we're saying, this is the revealed truth of God. Lean in on it. 
And whenever you think about the church, it's not the keeper of the truth, it's the dispenser of the truth. It's not just us keeping it to ourselves and holding it nice and tight, but it's actually dispensing it out, getting it out to others. As we read in the very first message in this series, 1 Timothy 3, 15, the church of the living God, the church of the living God, not dead God, the living God is a pillar and a buttress of truth. We need to understand that that's where we stand in this world, and this world doesn't want to lean in or turn to what we have to say or what we believe, but let us show and let us share. As, as Carly said, let us show up and let us share, show off Jesus in our community. That's what we want to be as a church. And again, let me say this, because of those of you who are guests with us today, maybe you're here for the baptism. Maybe you're just here trying us out for the first time. Maybe you're here for Canacuck Camp. Do we have any camp or campers that are, excuse me, any of our Canacuck staff in the room today? Can you give me a big hoop and holler? Come on, come on. All right. What, hey, Grace Point, welcome our Canacuck staff. They're going to be pouring into our kids this week. Because of your consistent budget and generosity, we're able to love on them, care for them. But at the same time, they're going to love on us and care for our kids. And some of y'all have already written and talked about my kid's life was changed last year. We actually had a full camp and a wait list last year. I think there's even a wait list this year. But it's been an incredible time leading up to this because the church wants to be the church in the community. And there go the lights. Uh, All right. So here we go. We're going to keep going. I'm still up here. All right. Uh, so 32 and a half years before Jesus left the planet, before Jesus left the planet, he had a vision. So let me just tell you the history of this, because the word church does not show up in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John until Jesus mentions it in Matthew chapter 16. It was a concept in the society, but it was not a concept among believers, okay? Okay. That was what we're dealing with. And so this is a new concept. This was the exit strategy of Jesus. The succession plan of Jesus is that he would have a church, he would leave a church, he would mobilize a church, he would send a church into the world, okay? That was his plan. So when I talk about we're a church... It's not our church, it's Jesus' church. It's not our idea, it's God's idea. We just get to live in God's idea, okay? We just get to live in his reality. But the first time that the word church is used in the New Testament is Matthew 16. But now listen to this. 116 more times will the church be used throughout the rest of the New Testament. So when you talk about the church, you're talking about something that Jesus started. It was Jesus' idea. It was Jesus' succession plan because Jesus was going to leave this earth and go to a place and prepare a place for us to return again to us, to take us to him. But until then, it was the church that he was going to leave behind and he was going to mobilize and send out to all the world. That was his plan. And we're living in that plan. 116 times the church is going to show up in the New Testament. But let's look at one of those times, the very first time, Matthew chapter 16, and let's see God's idea for the church. And here's the passage. He's in a place called Caesarea Philippi, Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, which is way north in Israel, near the Syrian border, he asked his disciples, those apprentices, those those followers, those who had just spent... uh, three years nearly with him. He he asked them, 
Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Now notice the confusion about who Jesus is. Well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. People in his day did not know who Jesus was, and Jesus was walking on the earth. And he said to them, his disciples, those the closest to him, he says, but who do you say that I am? Because really, there's the mass opinion about Jesus, but then there's the personal view of Jesus. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter quickly stood up said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answers and blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Gives his full name. Bar means son. Jonah means, uh, uh, he's the son of Jonah. Simon Bar Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you're Peter. He changes his name. Simon, he goes to Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Peter means rock. Upon this confession of Peter, I'm going to build this movement of God and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I want to ask this question. As you think about this, why the church. Why my church? Why is there a church? Why is, is the church important? Again, this is not a question of self-preservation. Please do not hear that. Okay? The church is going to go on with or without me. The church is going to go on with or without you. It's not about preservation. Okay? It's about mission. It's about a calling. It's about a purpose. And and, and neither is is that question about protecting some broken institution. It's about a movement, a movement of God, not a movement of man. Man can mess up God's movement any day of the week, but it's God's movement and I get in on what he's doing. So the question is, why my church? I want to say two reasons real quickly. Why, Why do we need Grace Point Church? Why is Grace Point significant in the whole global scheme of God? Two reasons. Number one, my church brings clarity to confusion. There's a lot of confusion out there. Now, the church doesn't know everything, and we, we, we sometimes pretend to know everything. We pretend to sometimes know everything about creation, and we don't know everything about creation. Or we pretend to know everything about the end of times. There are people who get out charts and maps, and they try to tell you where we are on the map. And I go, listen, I have no clue. That's people ask me, oh, we're in the end times, Mike. Well, we're closer today than we were yesterday, that's for sure. <laughs> but there's some things that we need to nail down. We need to nail down who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and why Jesus did what he did. Because if we don't get that one straight, everything else goes to pot. Nothing else really matters. There's a lot of different opinions about different kinds of baptisms and different kinds of this. Okay, that's maybe important, but it's not the most important. We have got to be clear on this one thing. Who is Jesus? What is Jesus? What did Jesus did? Why did he do what he did? And again, I remind you, Jesus goes to his disciples. He says, who do people say that I am? They say, well, you're, they're confused. You're John the Baptist, you're, you're, you're Jeremiah, you're, you're Elijah, you're, just, you're one of the prophets. I think there's a lot of different views of Jesus today as well. 
We have our little ideas of what we want Jesus to be. There's the therapy Jesus, that Jesus is meant to be, give you your best life now. And he's just your therapist. You go to him when you're in trouble, but that you, other than that, you don't really need him. There's the patriot Jesus. The patriot Jesus is like, a, the, there's the nation of Israel, but then there's the nation of America. And, and, and then America is just as important or as anybody else. And, and, and Jesus is about America, and they're one, and they're not. Then there's the humanitarian Jesus. The humanitarian, we just got to make this world a better place. Making this world a better place is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's going to sink. Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles. You will have tribulations. But he doesn't point them to politicians. He doesn't point them to institutions. He says, but take heed, I have overcome the world. He points him to himself. Again, we got to get down who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and why Jesus did what Jesus did, and why that is so significant. Or, you know, there is just kind of this, I want to call him the Ricky Bobby Jesus, where you just get to pick and choose the Jesus you want. You just kind of put him in a cocktail and mix him up. And you get to pick and choose your elements of Jesus. And that's how some people live their life. And that's the confusion of who Jesus is. But guys, we got to be clear. We got to be compelling. And we got to speak it with conviction of who Jesus is. Now, I'm going to say this, and I mean this with love, but we have neighbors to our church that are building a pretty big building, if you haven't noticed it. I'm going to say this out of love because I have some dear friends that are of the faith but we're not the same. And we don't believe the same about Jesus. Again, we're not talking about, do we believe in end times here or seven day literal creation? No, 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 we're talking about Jesus. What we believe about Jesus. Well, one of the things we're going to hope to do in this next year, in fact, we are doing it in, in September, we're going to actually have two former Mormons come here. One was a, was a professor, tenured professor at, uh, at, uh, uh, at Brigham Young University, uh, Lynn Wilder, and her husband, Michael Wilder, are going to come, and they're going to talk about the temple. They're going to talk about all of the faith and uh, how they went from being a bishop and a tenured professor at BYU, and they're going to come and share about their journey to Jesus and understanding grace and how that got them there. We got to be very clear. There does not need to be confusion. And that's why Jesus is going to look at every single one of us, every single one of us, every single one of us. And he's going to ask you, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter made his confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's who you are. That is what I'm going to build my life on. That's the movement that I want to be about. And listen, today, Courtney and Savannah, and the, yeah, they're going to be baptized. It's going to be beautiful seeing Savannah baptize her getting out of the water and baptizing her, her best friend. We're going to see a father who prayed to receive the Lord over fish tacos who's going to get out of being baptized and turn around and baptize his daughter. And so it's going to, we're going to get to see some beautiful God stories of how God has worked in people. And we're going to, I'm going to give you the challenge today. If you have never given your life to Jesus, then right here, right now, you give your life to Jesus. You say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I believe in you. I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. I believe you died and rose again for me, that I am going to give my life to you. I challenge you to go home wet. We'll give you a t-shirt, 
a, a towel maybe, but go home wet. Declare your faith in Jesus and let us celebrate that together. Because Romans chapter 10, verse 13, and this is actually in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2, but it's also in the New Testament. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it doesn't take, you don't have to know it all. I loved what Courtney said, that Savannah just kept dropping drops of God. Drops of God. Uh, one of the things Caleb's going to do this next year is going to have a gospel 101 where we're going to teach you and train anybody who wants to learn how to drop drops of God in your everyday life with everyday people. Those are the things that are coming up in the new year. So it's not only that we need to be a place of clarity in the midst of confusion, but we need to be a church as a movement, not a monument. We're not some dead institution. Movements require leadership. And we've been talking about this, and those of you who are part of our church are welcome in the next weeks, two weeks, next two weeks actually, to if you are ready and you feel like God has laid somebody on your heart to be an elder in our church as we move in that direction, please text in elders to 9700 because it takes leadership to move the ball forward, to move us down the field, to making an impact for Jesus because we're not a monument, we're a movement of God, and God has got a plan for us. You heard other people say this. I'm going to say it. You, you don't measure the church's size by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. We're not about raising up an audience. We're about raising up an army. That's what we're about, okay, about a movement of God that is forward advancing, not an army of crusaders conquering people, but a salvation army delivering faith, hope, and love. That's the army that's the banner that we're waving. And on this day, ironically, we're having strategy meeting on this day, which this day in Christendom marks the day of Pentecost. The day in which 50 days removed from Easter is the day in which the Holy Spirit comes on the church, 3,000 people are saved and they're baptized. We're not going to have 3,000 people baptized today, but hey, we're going to have a, a good number of people and we're going to celebrate that. But it's the beginning of the church being sent as a movement into all the world. And again, when you come back to that passage of Scripture, Jesus was calling us. He's calling us to advance his cause. He's calling us to push back the darkness to make more and better disciples. And in the coming year, that's what we want to be about is his mission. When you look at it, our shepherding leaders, our pastors have visions for raising up 15 new small groups, six to eight grow groups, which is a more intense, deeper dive into the scriptures. Kids ministries wanting to launch discipleship nights to give preteens an opportunity to not only serve, but to go deeper in their own walk. Grace Point Students is talking about starting a Timothy project of a deeper discipleship among our, our, uh, among our student ministry. Andrew, who you saw in the video a few moments earlier, he's even dreaming about how we can have greater exploring of a digital uh, discipleship online. Taylor, who leads our worship team, it's not just about, hey, having more music, it's having more disciples within our worship team. And ha they're having a mentoring ministry. Globally, you've heard about Dama Reese, a new ministry we're launching with. The founder will be with us in November to share the vision of Dama Reese and also giving us opportunities to know even deeper the partnership that we're a part with the Greek evangelicals of Greece. And we're starting a new 
partnership in Japan that we're looking forward to in the urban cities of Japan that will be a place that even our people and business can go and serve and be a part of. That's in the coming year because we're not a monument, we're a movement. We are advancing a cause of Christ. Verse 18 and 19, and I tell you, you're Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church. And notice this, Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I've always read that for the longest time as we need to bunker in and we need to get our little defenses up. We need to get our barriers up because hell is not going to push back on the church. No, 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 no. Is it actually an offensive call? That hell is out there, darkness is out there, brokenness is out there. And if we live as a movement of God, as the church of God in in our community and the world, we can push back the darkness. I don't know of another institution that can bring more hope to body, soul, and spirit than a church who's on mission with God. Will we be on mission with God? I cannot count the number of mass shootings in our land in the past weeks. People's lives have been taken needlessly from them. But I always remember Marilyn Deneen and her story of being a, being a student in a school in Pennsylvania on April the 26th, a number of years ago, when a school shooting happened and a teacher in science, John Gillette, was shot down by a 14-year-old student whose nickname was Satan, comes into the school dance and shoots down, tries to shoot multiple students, shoots down John Gillette, and Marilyn Deneen survived. She didn't go to church. She wasn't raised in church. She just knew after two days of, of thinking through all of that, that something had to change. Something out there had to have hope, had to bring peace, had to. So she shows up at church that next Sunday, and this is what she told the greeter when she walked in the door. I don't usually come, but today I needed something. I needed to be with people who believe in something. I'm not saying we're perfect. We're far from it. But I am saying we believe in something. And that something is that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, is the long-awaited King of Kings who comes to be your Savior and your friend. If you've never given your life to him right here, right now, bow your heads. Let's all bow our heads together. Let's all say in your heart, you tell God yourself where you're at. If you're already a believer, you say, God, here I am. I want to be a part of a movement of God. How can I be a hands and feet of Jesus in our community? Tell him that. If you have never given your life to Jesus, tell him that. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, Save me. For whoever, whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can give me 15 reasons why God shouldn't love you, shouldn't accept you, and I'll give you one verse. 
whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He wants to touch your life. He wants to save you. Father, you know our hearts. We've talked about macro things on a much bigger level, the need of leadership and resources to be able to do the ministries that we do. And we thank you that our people are so faithful in this area. Father, it comes down to the micro, the individual lives that you want to touch and you want to change and you want to bring hope to. In a world where it's hard to believe anything, we believe something. We believe that you, Jesus, are our source of life, our hope, our joy, our eternal existence rest in you, Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Sent.